0: Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Today we are in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 23, and we are continuing to talk about Paul who in our past two messages we called Saul. And after, after he decided to follow Jesus, we start calling him Paul. And uh, there is debate as to why we start to call him a different name, but that's how it goes, and we're not going to get into all that. But in the past two stories we've looked at, he was known as Saul. And so Saul, or Paul, was... Um, was there when a Christian named Stephen was killed. And Stephen was sharing his faith, and the mob got around him, didn't like what he was saying, and they threw stones at him and killed him. And Paul was there watching all of that take place, and he approved of the killing. And he went from that experience and decided that he was going to make it his life mission to seek out um, seek out everybody that followed Jesus, and he was going to stop them. He was going to stop this religious movement. He was going to find the Jesus followers, and he was either going to have them arrested or killed. And so he actually got up, and he started going around from place to place uh, doing that. And, and one day, he, had, he was on the mission. He was going to the new place. He was going to round up the Christians and stop them. And on his way, he actually met the risen Jesus. And he was blinded and he went into the city and a Christian came to him and healed him and gave him his sight back. And from that point on, he decided that he would be following Jesus and he would spend the rest of his life telling people about Jesus and actually supporting the Jesus way. Well, we know that after that, Paul went and he studied and he learned as much as he could about Jesus and how the Old Testament pointed to Jesus and what that meant and how that all came together in Jesus. And he went around to all these different cities around the world and started telling people about Jesus and planting churches. He would go to places where there weren't churches and he would tell people about Jesus and he would get people on board with following Jesus, and he would plant a church here, and he would plant a church there, and he would plant a church there. And he would go to these places knowing that most of these places had never even heard of Jesus. Well, we have several of those stories in the book of Acts. And at some point, he ends up back in Jerusalem, and he's telling people about Jesus there, and the people in Jerusalem don't like it. Because they had one religion, and they didn't want anybody messing with it. So he ends up getting arrested, and he is brought in front of the Sanhedrin. Now, the Sanhedrin is basically the group of people who were in charge of the Jewish religion. They were the ones that determined basically what the, the Old Testament said and meant, and what the rules were, and how you were supposed to follow it, and whether... and. If there were issues with people following it, they had the right to discipline them. And then there were two groups of people in this big meeting of the Sanhedrin. There were Pharisees and Sadducees, and those are kind of like Baptists and Wesleyans. In that they're, they're kind of like denominations, like different groups within the same religion. The Pharisees believed this stuff within the Jewish religion and the Sadducees believed this stuff within the Jewish religion. But they were both there and they were in this great big meeting and they were about to really rip Paul apart. They were there to criticize him and judge him and condemn him for what he was doing. And this is what ends up happening. This is Acts chapter 23 starting in verse 6. He's in front of the Sanhedrin. He's in front of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And this is what he says. This is what happens. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others were Pharisees, he called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Wesleyan. No, sorry. I am a Pharisee descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, A dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which I know is hard to believe. Churches fighting never happens. Um, I was really expecting more laughs on that one, but okay. Um, Everyone's a little worked up. Um, And when he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. There was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent That the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him to the barracks. And the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. So here Paul is, he's preaching to these people. And he's in this situation where he knows he's not going to be able to convince these people. He's not going to be able to convince the Sanhedrin to change the entire Jewish religion to follow Jesus. He knows that you've got these two different groups that are entrenched in their belief system and they're probably not even open to hearing about Jesus. But he also knows what divides them. And he knows how to make a point. And he knows how to get under their skin. And he looks at that situation and he knows he's in trouble and he doesn't panic because he sees Jesus applying even in that circumstance. And what does he do? He brings up the resurrection of Jesus. And by doing that, not only Does he take the focus off of him and get him out of there? But he also ruffles their feathers enough that some of them have to consider what he has been preaching. This is a hard spot to be in. And the way out was bringing them back to Jesus. Jesus. When we look at the stories of Paul going around preaching and teaching, we see that he does this every time, actually, after he 's in prison and he 's going from place to place or person to person who and he goes through this chain of authority, talking to this guy and this guy and this guy figuring out what they 're supposed to do with him. he does this every time. He does this when he 's talking to Felix and he talks about Jesus and judgment. When he's talking to Festus, he's talking about Jesus and the law. When he's talking to King Agrippa, he's talking about Jesus and the Old Testament scriptures. When he talks to the Sanhedrin, he talks about Jesus and the resurrection. When he goes to Greece and he's in Athens, which is not which is not, not, really historically anything to do with the Jewish religion. They have multiple beliefs and multiple gods. When he's there, he talks about Jesus and and how he is a contrast to having multiple gods and idolatry and focuses on the learning. And he goes to all these different places, and he finds a way that Jesus fits and applies to every issue that they're dealing with. Some of these issues were, were specific to the people. That Festus was focused on the law, that Felix was focused on sin and judgment. And Paul saw that, and he was able to take the truth of Jesus and apply it directly to what they were thinking and feeling. Now, did Paul convince everybody he talked to? No. There were a great many times where they looked at him and said, Paul, that's a really great argument. But no. And that was basically the end of the conversation. But he applied it so clearly to their situations that even when they rejected what he said, they had to consider it. They had to think about it. And they were shaken. What this tells me is that Jesus applies to all of our situations. Regardless of the situation, Jesus applies. I think that's what Paul believed. I think that's how Paul functioned. I think that's how Paul preached. He believed that wherever he was, whatever people group he was dealing with, whatever situation he was in, Jesus applied. For us, when we face death, a loss of a loved one, or maybe, maybe we've got a, a bad diagnosis and we're looking at our own mortality, we're, we're dealing with guilt and shame. Or we have this feeling of pride and sin that can't be shaken, or we're overwhelmed with a sense of failure. We're going through loss or suffering. We're 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 obsessed with a sense of power or the need for control. We're just bombarded by everything to do with sex or or, or the feeling of, of being lost and not knowing who we are or being overwhelmed with addiction or emptiness. I believe that regardless of the situation, Jesus applies to that situation. I believe that Jesus is a lot like duct tape. Now, y- y'all know what duct tape is, right? I feel like it's not as big of a thing now as it was when a few years ago, but just so you know, duct tape can pretty much solve everything. Am I right? right? right. Your bed is falling apart? Duct tape it, right? You've got a hole in your car? Duct tape it, right? You've got to paint something way up high? Duct tape three rollers together and, right? Your ladder is falling apart? Duct tape it. Your guitar is falling apart? Duct tape it? Your kid is being really annoying? (laughs) It's just one of those things, the universal thing, that is, regardless of the situation, you can probably at least temporarily duct tape it and fix it. I was one of those weird kids when I was little. I actually made those duct tape wallets. So if you didn't have money but you wanted to, something to put money in if you ever had it, I would have sold you a duct tape wallet and they were great. <laughs> but regardless of the situation, whatever the problem was, you could find you could almost figure out somewhere to jury-rig it with duct tape. Well, I mean that's that's kind of a silly temporary solution, but I believe that Jesus actually is the solution regardless of the situation we're in. Let me, let me run through some of this stuff here. As we deal with death and our sense of mortality, Jesus applies. Jesus rose from the dead. It's not like his body just lifted off the ground. That's not what I mean. He actually came back to life fully alive, still alive today. So that death doesn't have to be the end for you and me. That you don't have to be defeated by death. That there is hope for resurrection. When you are faced with this overwhelming sense of guilt and shame for the things that you have done, the things that you are doing, the ways that you have hurt people, the way that you have disappointed people, the ways that you have you know you've gone against what God wanted for you and wants for your life, and you have that feeling of just embarrassment and shame, Jesus applies. He came to bring forgiveness. And not, and not just a... All right, confess your sin. Well, I did something I wasn't supposed to and it was kind of bad. Okay, well, no. Jesus knows all about your sin. All about the things that you've done. In all of its gross, disgusting detail. He sees it and he still looks at you and says, I forgive you. You don't have to be ashamed anymore. You don't have to be guilty anymore. You don't need to carry it. That doesn't need to determine your future. That doesn't need to determine who you are anymore. You are forgiven. If you're dealing with trying to shake this this sense of pride and sin where you, you try to make changes in your life, You try to change your behavior in your marriage or with your kids or at work or how you spend your your money or or what you do with your house or or whatever it is. And you're trying to make positive changes and your pride keeps getting in the way. You keep saying stupid things. You keep getting into arguments. You keep putting people down. You keep hurting others. You keep making those really selfish decisions and you don't know how to break it, how to change. Jesus came to break the power of sin. Jesus came and lived a sinless life, saying that sin doesn't have power over us anymore, that we don't have to sin, because by the power of Jesus, you can live a good, righteous life, and that by His power, you can actually see change, so that He can change you, not just by, by trying hard, but He can change you from the inside out so that sin stops being appealing and sin stops being our natural habit. Jesus applies. You're dealing with failure. Jesus applies. When you, you try to do well at work, or you try to do well at school, you try to do well with your money, you try to do well with your house, you try to do well with your kids, you try to do well with your marriage, and you just feel like you constantly get it wrong. And I'm not talking about like even you're, you're being selfish or sinful. You're trying. But it seems like it always goes wrong, and you always fail, and you fail, and you fail, and you fail. And you fail. Jesus applies. Jesus applies. Because when we are weak, there he is strong and he steps in and he can make the difference. And he is more free to make a difference. And he is able to show up and fix things and change things and do his miracles. And then he looks at you and he says, It's okay. It's okay. I got this. And he gives what we call grace. When we face loss and suffering, he doesn't just step in and take that loss and suffering away. He says, I'm going to walk with you through it. Jesus applies. He understands loss and he understands suffering. He was betrayed by his best friends, he was abandoned, he lived in poverty. He was tortured, he was ridiculed, he was criticized, he was publicly executed. He understands suffering. He understands loss. He gets it. And he he wants to walk with you through it and get you to the other side. When we become obsessed with power and control, Jesus applies. Because he gave us a way to show us what real power and what real authority is. And it was by submitting himself to the will of God and living as a servant to those who followed him. And by doing that, he had true authority and he was able to see things change. When we are bombarded by our world that is obsessed with expressing love through sex, and that is what you need to do to be fulfilled, and if you can't do it, that you are somehow missing out on life. Jesus says, no, the ultimate expression of love is not sex. What Jesus said was, the ultimate expression of love is when you lay down your life for somebody else. If you really want to express your love for somebody You do it through sacrifice. Jesus applies. When you feel lost, Jesus applies because He came to give you life and full life and give you purpose, something to do, part of the mission, to see His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we are dealing with addiction, whether that's a bad habit or substance abuse, he, is, he applies because He came to bring satisfaction that you wouldn't be overwhelmed by the craving for other things. When we feel empty, we remember that He said that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Jesus applies. He wants to give you a love that fills you. I believe that's what Paul believed. That's how Paul preached. That's how Paul saw the world. That Regardless of the situation, Jesus applies. And I think that means two things for us. Number one is when we are going through situations in our lives to do with us, we need to look for how Jesus applies to that situation. What is he doing? How does he fit this? What is his solution? What am I supposed to see here? And you need to look for Jesus where you are and what are in and through whatever it is you're going through because, regardless of the situation, Jesus applies to that situation. The other thing it means for us. Is that as we are around people and they are going through situations, and we are trying to figure out how do I share my faith with them or how do I help them in this hard time? Jesus applies. And we need to be looking for how Jesus, what he said. What he did and who he is fits what they are going through. Can help what they're going through. Can change what they're going through. Is it going to work every time? Like, is it going to make a difference every time? No. Every, Paul brought it up when he was preaching And quite often, people rejected him and rejected Jesus. Some of them, some of them probably never accepted Jesus. But we don't have records as to what happened 5 or 10 or 15 years later to these people that heard Paul preach about how Jesus applied to their situation. So we may not see a change immediately. We may not see a change. But we need to watch for Jesus in our situations and in the situations around us. Because regardless of the situation, we can be confident that Jesus applies. Thanks for listening and being part of our church. Joining us in this journey to become down to earth people following Jesus in down to earth ways.